Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. And so this morning we are, this morning we are going to talk about the, the kingdom of light. And we pray that the Holy Ghost would give you and us tremendous insight and tremendous revelation as to what he seeks to do uh, in our lives. And so we're going to start off, Janine. I'm just ready to jump right into oh, the word. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. If you got your Bible, your Bible app, we're going to start with the, the description and scriptural inspiration right here. Amen. We're going to just read a couple of these in your hearing. Acts 13, 47. And it reads, I have made you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring forth salvation to the ends of the earth. What did he make you? A light to the Gentiles that you may bring forth salvation to the ends of the earth. So we see here that he made you a light for a reason. He didn't just make us light just because it was a cool thing to do. He made you light so you could go to work. Doing what? Bringing forth salvation to the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. The next scripture, Isaiah 49, 6. I will also make you a light to the Gentile nations so that my salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. So for a confirmation, we go back into Isaiah and see that he was saying the same thing that he was saying in Acts. Haggai 2.7, I will shake all nations. Amen. And what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with my glory. Amen. Amen. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light. <laughs> and my what? Come on, I'm talking to my Bible readers. The Lord is my light and my salvation. salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh my God. When we know he's a light and when we know he's our salvation, we don't have to be afraid. That's right. I'll say it to you again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? As long as the Lord is my light, and as long as he is my salvation, I need not be afraid. Amen. I want to get that in your spirit Amen. again. As long as the Lord is your light and your salvation, you don't have to be what? Afraid. afraid. John 1. John 1. We're just going to give you these scriptures that establish how powerful God is in terms of being light. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse three, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now you better hold your seatbelt on this one. In him was life. In his life was the light of men. I'll say it to you again. In him, he's talking about Jesus. In him was life, and this life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend him. Now here's what I want to say to you. As he is, so are we. Amen. You also, when you believe in him, you also are light. And, as, and because you are also light, Sometimes people can't even understand That's you. That's good. That's good. I'll say it to you again. 
They can't comprehend how you have peace. They can't comprehend how you have joy. The devil threw his best shot at you and you still lift your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incomprehensible. Hallelujah. Darkness can't understand how you could pay your tithe. <laughs> Darkness can't understand how you could be in Atlanta and wait for the Lord to take you. So I want you to say, you don't have to live your life worrying about being misunderstood by That's darkness. Good. That's so good. Light will always be misunderstood by darkness. They can't comprehend how you got up. Can't comprehend how you got back. Can't comprehend how you got paid. Can't comprehend how you got an advantage. Woo! had more than you, came from a better family than you, yeah. grew up in a better neighborhood than you. How did you make it? In him was life. In that life, Zoe life, the God quality of life. How'd your marriage get back on track? Light. <laughs> How'd your children get back on track? Light. Light, Light brings an illumination. Light brings a revelation. Yes, Light brings insight. The steps of a good man, yeah, watch yeah, this, yeah, are ordered by you. Ordered. That's why he says, you are a, you are a lamp unto my feet. And a what? Somebody say, Light. Light. You ain't never in trouble as long as you got light. Thank you, Jesus. You good when you got light. Light. My goodness. You can see in the wilderness. You can see in a dark place because you are light. So the enemy will look at you and say, how? How are you in your right mind? How did you put your loved ones in the grave and still say, God, I bless you? Still say, God, I love you. Yeah. That's light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want you to know, in him is life. And he was the light of men. Watch this. He says, verse 12, he said, to many as believed in him, to them he gave them the power to become. Somebody say become. Become. Come. <laughs> he gave you to see, see a lot of people do, but they never become. Yeah, 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 come on. My daddy told me be something. Y'all ain't hearing me. A lot of people do a lot of stuff, but they never became it. Watch this, watch this. If you become it, you can do it. Become. Be a man. Listen, this is what David told his son when he was dying. He said to Solomon, be a man. Become. Thank you, Jesus. Be a woman. Yeah. Be a man. Be a father. Be a mother. Be a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a witness. Be a light. Be a lover. God. <laughs> Tell him what to be. Listen, be a lover. Come on. I know I'm a shoot. Come on. Come on. No, no, watch it. Janine, they're getting messed up on this. Watch this. Because y'all, be a lover. For God so that he what? He gave. You can't love anyone and not give them something. That's why Pastor Bob, you said you can't be a day late. Or a dollar or short. Or a dollar short. Because the Bible said, love what? It gives. Yeah, yeah. You love me? Give me something. Guys. Hallelujah. Before I read the scripture. Yes, so you have Norma. to remember that you're a light and why you're a light. Because I hear this, this ringing yes, in my yes, ear. Yes. Some of you are still questioning how you can get back from what happened to you. 
You rehearse it. You talk about it when, when you have conversations with people. That thing, whatever your it is, keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. The pain, the rejection, the, the lack of schooling, whatever it is you think you don't have, whatever you think that's not making you good enough. When we were preparing, the Holy Spirit said he wanted us to talk to you about this. It's this term that's been going around lately. It's been popping up called the imposter syndrome. You ever heard of it? You never feel good enough, so you work too hard. You never feel good enough, so you apply to get some more degrees. You never feel good enough, so you take some more certifications. You never feel good enough, so you say things like, I don't need any help, I can get this done all by myself. You never feel good enough, so you don't know how to delegate. You never feel good enough, so you micromanage. But the Holy Spirit said today, y'all ever see those, um, I wish I had one today, it's weighted on the bottom and it's a big blow up um, toy and you can kick it, you can punch it, you can push it over, you can knock it down, little kids can jump on it, but what happens to it? It keeps, ah, that's what we need, it keeps it keeps bouncing back. The Holy Spirit said today that he's sweeping through the room with more than just his glory, but he's sweeping through the room with a bounce back anointing. If you need a bounce back anointing, I want you to get up on your feet. If you need a bounce back anointing, I want you to say, Lord, help me to bounce back. Yes, you've been hit. Yes, you've been knocked down. Yes, you've been lied on. Yes, you're tired. Yes, somebody cheated on you. Yes, they didn't listen when you told them exactly what needed to be done but the Holy Ghost said you today you got a bounce back anointing you might be down but you're not out and I'm gonna tell you why John 1 John John 8 12 then spake Jesus again unto them saying I am the light of the world he that followeth me follow with me indicates a progression of following you don't just start following and then stop but you keep on following him he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life keep listening verse 13 the Pharisees therefore said unto them, some pharisaical spirit is always going to come after your anointing. Yeah, say that, say that. Slow on, slow on. They're going to tell you about how you don't look right. How you ain't wear the right thing. How you backslid. How you been gone too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch Jesus. He's going to show you how to deal with them. The Pharisees therefore said unto them, unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. The Pharisee always want to tell you you a liar. And the truth ain't in you. He said you're bearing record of yourself. Watch false humility. Watch false humility. Jesus answered and said unto them, Yeah, I bear record of myself. That's my interpretation. You reading what the Bible said. Yeah, I bear record of myself. Yet, my record is true. How come my record is true? Because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. But you, who said you can't answer the devil? But you, you cannot tell where I came from or where I go. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. But if I did decide to judge Pharisees, my judgment would be true. Why? Because I'm not alone. Hallelujah. Touch your chest and say, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. But I and the Father that sent me, he knew they were one, didn't he? So you got to know where you're going and where you come from. I know you got something. <laughs> so you got to know where you're coming, where you, where you came from, and you got to know where you're going. 
and you can't let somebody else try to tell you what that's supposed to be. So somebody's saying, Janine, Omar, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know where I'm going. That's why I feel like an imposter. What should I do? What should I do? Number one, you got to get close to the one who knows who you are and where you came from. You need the scriptures, Jeremiah 29. What did he say? Come on, we love that scripture. Oh, come on, Brandy. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Not just hope, but hope and a future. He already knew the plans he had from, from you. And that was Jeremiah 29, 11, but he told you in the first chapter that he had already set the plans before the foundation of the earth for who? For you. For you. So if you don't know, this is the thing about us sometimes. We feel like if we don't know that, and this also a as the psychologists describe it, part of the, the imposter syndrome. But we know that that thing is a lie because God already told you who you are. So all you need to do is get back to him. Here's the thing. How do I get back? Yeah. Discipline. Somebody say discipline. Yeah. I know we, don't, we hate that word. But discipline is at the root of being a disciple. Of being a follower. Yep. Of being a follower of Christ. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. you get your light to shine. Mm. I think it's a prophetic act that the lights are coming. It's prophetic. It's prophetic. Yeah. Because every time we come on the campus in the dark, we're going to see another dimension of light that we haven't seen all yeah. around the campus. And it's going to speak to what should be happening in you when you walk onto your job, when you walk onto the streets to witness to someone, when you walk into your family, which sometimes can be the hardest place to be a light because they're so close. You know all the stuff. They seen you fail before. But let me tell you something. The light of the world can shine right through every failure that your family has ever My seen. God. Because when you come to them with the knowledge and the strength and the power and in the confidence of who God says yes. you are, they will not be able to deny the word that you speak into their life. And that word may be the word that saves their soul. My God, my God, my God, my God. Somebody say trust. Trust. Somebody say trust. Trust. Now watch this. Jesus says this in John 9 verse 3. He said, as long as I am in the world, mm -hmm. I, want you I want you to understand this right here. As long as you are in the world, you got to say the same thing that Jesus said. He said, as long as I am in the world, I'm a light yeah, yeah, yeah. to the world. Now, Janine said something that's very powerful. You got to be able to trust him somebody say trust him trust him your relationship with god is is a relationship that has mutual high yeah. expectations. Yeah. In other words, it's high expectations on you and it's high expectations on him. Say it's high expectations in this relationship. High expectations. This is not a relationship where only one person pulls their weight. This Come is on, not a relationship where you go in the corner and you're frustrated about what the other person is not doing for you. No. When you are with God, he says something like this, be holy. Woo! Come on. Why? For I am holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy, thy heart, thy mind, and your strength. Then he says this. Psalm 31 verse 1. He says, in thee, O Lord, I put my trust, and I will never be ashamed. So he's never. establishing who he is. In thee, O Lord, I put my trust. As long as I trust you, you'll never make me ashamed. Then he says in Psalm 40, he said, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. And you remember this, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord yeah. with all, all your heart and lean what? Not unto your own understanding, and in all your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge him, him, and he shall direct your destiny. 
He said path. Now what's on the path? Light. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge me in your marriage. Acknowledge me in your relationship. Acknowledge me at the workplace and I will direct your path. So what you're going to find out that as you lean into God, he consumes the relationship. Yes. As you lean into God, he gives you the grace where you could never be on your own. He said, oh, Brandy's coming after me? Shoo, let me release more grace. Yeah, yeah, Pastor good. Bob is coming after come me? On, let me on. release more grace. Yeah, but yeah. if you stand on the sidelines, you will never experience the riches of his grace. That's why he always tells you, come after me. Come after me. Seek. Come after Seek. me. See. Find me. He yeah. tags you and says you're it and then runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Ha ha! Yeah. So sometimes we are frustrated because he's saying, man of God, you can't stay on that level anymore. That level that you've been on with me, I'm not going to give you things at that level anymore. You got to press in. Yeah. You got to fast for this. Yeah. He said, this kind. Mm, mm, mm. This kind, not that kind, but this, this kind. kind. Come on. Only comes out by fasting and prayer. Discipline. So there's certain things that will never be released in your life until you say, I gotta do this kind. Yeah. I gotta do this type. See, God is always wooing you yes, to a greater dimension. He's wooing you. Yeah. He said, uh, 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 uh. For where I'm taking you, uh -huh. you got to come up higher. Yeah, yeah. It's always about where he's taking you. Yeah. Now yeah. watch this. When he moves upon you and he shows you that I'm never taking you for just you. That's so good. That's why you should never take your life. Because mm. you would be surprised Thank you, Jesus. by how many people you would disappoint if you took your life. And so he whispers a word, Pastor Bob. He says, in your worst moment, trust me. In your best moment, trust me. In your middle moment, trust me. Now watch this, what he does. Now there's a, there was a young man by the name of Timothy. And the Apostle Paul wrote him a letter in 1 Timothy 6.20. I want you to get this. He said, oh, Timothy, oh, Timothy. The King James says, keep that which has been committed to your trust. The Amplified says, oh, Timothy. Guard and keep safe, watch this, Pastor Bob, the deposit of godly truth that has been entrusted to you. I want you to get that word. Oh, Timothy, this is the New, the New International Version. He says this, oh, Timothy, guard what has been, Norman Brown, entrusted to your care. Now, let me give you a definition for Entrust. Because some of us, we grew up scrambling our whole lives. So we never experienced mm -hmm. to go in a room yeah. and the attorney is there. And somebody died and he explains what has been entrusted to you. Let me define for you what entrust means. Entrust is a verb that means to assign or transfer the responsibility or authority of a task, a duty, or object to someone else. When you entrust something to someone, you are placing, Pastor Bob, confidence in them. I'm going to stick a pin in it right here. 
Not only does God want you to trust him, here's the thing that messes us up. He trusts you. He trusts you. God, y'all ain't hearing me. When you pull in this relationship, Jose, you start to realize God not only wants you to trust him. That's right. But he trusts you. That's why he gave you an entrust. Now watch this. So the entrust implies that he's placing confidence in them and relying on them to handle or take care of the entrusted matter or person in a responsible and reliable manner. It often implies a sense of trust and reliance on whom the responsibility is being delegated. Now watch this. My father died 12 years ago, but we always used to have this conversation. He said, when I die, oh, and my pop used to always talk with him because they was old Germantown boys. So they talk, it was a certain swag. They, they talk like this. So that was the neighborhood. He says, so, oh, when I die, you already know what to do. Take care of your mother, take care of your wife, and raise your kids and never stop praying. He established an entrust. I'm trusting, I'm leaving these individuals in your care. For those of you that are parents, every day when you drop your snotty-nosed kids off to that school, you are entrusting that principal and entrusting that teacher with your kids. Now, we always used to say the people that show up, that's the best they got. So you're giving your children to the teachers in the school as a what? As an entrust. But here's the thing that we have to know. Janine, I want you to tell us so there's no mystery. What has God entrusted to us? Because if you find out what he has entrusted to you, you'll never hang your head low. And if you hang your head low and you'll cry, but you ain't going to cry for long. That's right. Because you said, I can't believe that somebody set me up like, like this. this. Janine, so what's the entrust? So we have seven things that he entrusted you with. Now, we are not going to get to tell you all seven, but we're going to start with this number one thing. We'll tell you all you seven and we'll kingdom. go back. Yep, you can do whatever you want. He entrusted you with seven things. I know I have some note takers. Y'all going to run up to me afterwards if I don't tell you all seven. So I'm going to tell you now. His son. He entrusted us with his son. Number two, he entrusted us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Number three, he entrusted us with his kingdom. Number four, he entrusted us with his word. Number five, he entrusted us with his will and his purpose. Mm, mm, mm. Number six, he entrusted us with his mission to redeem the world to him. Jesus. And y'all know this is my favorite, among my favorites. Number seven, he entrusted us with his harvest. He entrusted us with his harvest. So when we look at what God entrusted us with in terms of his son. Oh, no, I wasn't bringing anybody okay. up. Go ahead. <laughs> Just, you know, we check in with each other. John 3, 16 through 21. 1 John 5, 11 through 12. And Galatians 4 and verse 6 established this fact. And this is the witness that God has given us eternal life. That's good. And this life is in his son. He who has the son. He who has the son has what? Y'all don't sound like y'all sure. He that has yeah. the son has. And he who does not have the son does not have life. Very clear. These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the son of God. His name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. That you may know that you have eternal life. 
and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that's the entrance, God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave his only, only begotten, begotten son, son that whoever, whoever believeth in him shall what? Not perish. Not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So watch this. When you are crystal clear that God trusted me enough to give me his son, you don't have to live in fear. Because right. you've answered, watch this, you've dealt with the biggest issue people are afraid of, death. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my brother. He said, the wealthy, when you're so wealthy, your money, you said, I can't even buy anything else. But guess what they're trying to buy? Time. Woo! Jeff Bezos, all of them, they're trying to figure out how they can live forever. And you have already been entrusted, God. You've all, you already have been entrusted with what they are trying to find out, eternal life. He that has the son has life, but he that does not have the son has death. And that's why you got to be a carrier of the message. Yes. In Isaiah 49 and verse 6, it yes. says, and he said, mm. it is a light thing mm. that thou shouldest be my servant. Yes. For what? To raise up the tribes of Jacob, to restore the preserved of yes. Israel. He said, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles yes. that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So when I never, excuse me, I never saw it before when he said, it's a light thing. Yes. It's a light yes. thing. I heard it like it's an easy thing. It's yes. an easy thing. But this time he said, it's a light thing. You know, like it's a black thing. It's a white thing. It's a Philly thing. It's a Spelman thing with our Spelmanite, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an HBCU thing. No, well in the kingdom, it's a what? It's a light thing. Yeah. Now, Keith, when you make that shirt, I want all the proceeds to come to the prayer station outreach ministry. <laughs> now, watch this. Now, watch this. <laughs> Woo! Now, now, now. Watch this. Come Jesus. On. No, no, no. Come Keith. on, Pastor Omar. It's too much. Watch this. No, 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 no. Watch this. Watch this. Come so on. So here's, here's the next entrust. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. God has given God, the Holy Spirit, all the mm -hmm. information mm -hmm. concerning the kingdom of God. Ooh. I'll say that to you again. God has given the Holy Spirit, who is God, all of the information concerning the kingdom of God. Now watch this. The word Holy Spirit means paraclete. Come on. The same word that God uses for the woman is paraclete. Y'all ain't hearing me. Mm -hmm. so, so God knew when he created the man, he knew that the man needed help. So he created a helper who is his paraclete. Woo! So in the New Testament, Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm going back to sit at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. But I am going to send a comforter. Ooh. Watch this. The comforter, Woody, he is going to help you. God, help you do what? He's gonna show you things to come. He's gonna convict you. He's going to make you sensitive to the world of the Spirit. God. The Holy Spirit is going to communicate to you the mysteries of the kingdom. The things that have been hidden from other people, he's going to reveal it to you. Why do you think church folk fight more than anything else? The helper. How you fighting your help? How you fighting the one that's going to be an advocate? So watch this, watch this. Here's the most difficult thing about being married, that everywhere you go, the helper is following you. The helper is saying, where you going? Jesus, when? What time you getting back? You're gonna get something to eat? Make sure you bring me something. 
Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? The Holy Ghost will show you how to be a good husband. The Holy Ghost will sit you down and say, when was the last time you took her out? And the Holy Ghost will say, let's go on a date. I'm going to sit right at the table with you. And I'm going to watch you spend your money on my daughter. So watch this. There's, there's something in Corinthians. Turn to, turn to 1 Corinthians 2. I want you to see that. See this. This is very important. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit. Janine, be ready to drop on the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 2 because he entrusted us with the next one. The Holy Spirit. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things. Underline, underline Pastor Bob, the things. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Minister Baldy, I want to say this to you. What God is saying is that I have already set up things, plural, plural. I have already set up things for you. Kayla, no eye has seen it. It has not even entered into anybody's ear. This is how you know. When you start to step into what God really has for you, people can't believe it. They'll be like, how you get that? Ain't you from the hood? How you get that? No father, no mother. Mother and father forsook you. Never had the love of the father. Never heard his voice. Never heard his affirmation. Never heard any of that. But how'd you get that? It was an entrust. I got called to the meeting. I got called to the meeting where the attorney was there. And the attorney opened the books. Watch this. Now watch what the Holy Spirit says. He says, verse 10, but God has revealed them, plural, unto us by his spirit. Now watch what the Holy Spirit does. For the Holy Spirit, he searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, now listen to me because I don't want your airbag to come out. Listen to me. Here's your challenge based on this scripture. In some respects, you're not even looking for God. God, somebody help me. Some of you have, some of you found God. This scripture says, you're looking for the things of God. You're looking for your place. You're looking for your anointing. You're looking for your leadership. God, y'all don't, don't hear me. See, the Holy Spirit will not only show you God. He is God. So your encounter with him is not only an encounter with God, but Wayne, when you encounter the spirit, he can show you what's yours. He can show you what your fathers never entered into. That's right. He can show you what's in your generational line that's still yours. Now watch how the devil works. Your, the devil works through a familiar spirit that polices your generational line and he throws roadblocks and barriers and, uh, and, and detours in your way so that you never find. So you wrestle with the same thing your father wrestled with yeah. so if it was adultery in the line by the time you get to 50 you say why am I wrestling with this thing I went to the best school I grew up in the best home what is this thing mm. it's the policing of the bloodline yeah yeah but if you don't know and you think that devil cares about what school you went to The Holy Spirit, he reveals, Michael, all of the information 
that your mother, that your father could never even reveal. That's why when you become who God wants you to become, they can't recognize you. Joseph had to remind his brothers, it's me. It's me. The one you threw in the pit, it's me. He was incompetent. The one you left for dead, somebody say, it's me. The one you never mentored, it's me. That's how you know it's God. When you rise from the ashes, it's me. How'd you get there? The Holy Ghost. How'd you get back from some trauma that was going to make you take your life? My God. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Ah. I'm talking to some people that have felt like, let me set everything in order before I take my life. Let me set everything in order. Yeah. I'm just going to disappear from this peace. The devil is alive. But it's the Holy the Ghost. Holy Ghost. That I have you meet somebody on the way. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. God, you're in here. Don't take listen, your life. Listen, listen, listen. listen. I reached out to a friend that we had. And I said, I want you and your wife to come to church. This is a woman. I want you and your wife to come to church this morning. She texted me last night. She said, you inviting me? She said, I just got divorced from my wife. And she said, I knew God was calling me all along. And when I got that text from you, I knew that I was going to be found in him again. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Light. 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 And that's why you got to let love shine over and above everything. You can't let fear stop you from doing what God would do, which is love. Do I validate that thing? Which the scripture tells me is not his will? No. But do I stop loving? Never. Absolutely not. Because how can you be light in that space? How can you be there if you're afraid to even love? If we have rejected their friendship, how could we be there right now? When it matters most. Yep. Hallelujah. You got to be like Jesus. I don't care what you say, Pharisee. I know who I am. And I know where I'm going. I know what's been entrusted to me.
the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're letting people know who Jesus is so that we can begin to equip them once they accept him as their savior to get back into position to become citizens of the country that they are no longer a part of because they're not yet saved. That's why born again. That's what it means when the scripture says that we'll, we'll be born again. You must be born again. Why? Because in order to regain citizenship and to get back to your rightful place, you have to be born again. Here are some key things to know and understand. Heaven is a country. What's my scriptural reference? Philippians 3.20. What does it say? It starts out like this. But our citizenship is where? In heaven. Read it. I'm not just making these up. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed of them to be called their God, for he has prepared for them, what? A city. Hebrews eleven sixteen. So citizenship is only gained through salvation, and heaven is a country. Here are some other things that I want to share with you, and I know I won't get to go all the way into it, but I want you to have this in your notes. These three things are very, very critical to your understanding so that you can let your light shine, so that you can know who you are and where you're going, so that you can preach the gospel of salvation to those who are lost and see yourself being one who reaps the harvest that's plentiful. But the laborers are few. Number one, the gospel is a governmental message. We've, a lot of us have been brought up in church and we haven't been made to understand the Bible as the constitution. Everything in here is about a king and a throne and all and reigning and all of that. This is not just about church. It's not just about a devotional that you read, you pick something and you read it every, no. How can you operate in your kingship if you don't understand kingdom laws and rules? The gospel is a governmental message. Isaiah 9, 6. The kingdom is an actual government. Isaiah 9, 6 told us, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Number two, there is no gospel without the kingdom. There is no gospel without the kingdom. Matthew 28, 19, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them to observe what I've commanded. Commands are the law. That word command speaks of the laws of the kingdom. We're teaching what's been commanded in the, in the law, the laws of the kingdom. So yes, we're making disciples of all nations. We're baptizing them. We're teaching them to observe the kingdom laws. Number three, this one is vital. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church is not, I'm sorry. Whew, I might be security this week after I'm saying this stuff. The church, I know we love our churches. But the church is not the kingdom of God. Your citizenship comes because you're a kingdom citizen. There are no kingdom citizens in the church. But you are, we are both. The church has no king, it has no government, it has no throne. Jesus is not the king of the church. The scripture never told us that Jesus was the king of the church, pastor. It did say that he was the head of the church. I'm not messing with y'all no more. We out of time. Pastor gonna have to give us some, some more time another time. But listen, Pastor Omar, what are we gonna do with this? Because you were so excited about this. What are we going to do? All right. We got five minutes. All right. This for my man, Deshaun. That's this me for my operating man Deshaun. in my anointing no, this for my as man a helper. Deshaun. Come on, Pastor Omar. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate. This is Joshua 1.8. You shall meditate in it day and night. Day and night. Then he says, you'll have good success. You'll prosper. Now, here's the reality. John chapter 17, verse 8. Jesus prays this incredible.
incredible prayer. He says, Father, I have given them all of the words in trust. I have given them all of the words that you have given me. Now watch what the interest is. And they have received them. Now here's the reality. Oftentimes we can hear a word, but we never receive it. Somebody can tell us, you beautiful. Oh, that's just a, oh, you did well. Oh, that's just a little something. Receive it. Jesus says you're a king. Receive it. Jesus says you're the head and not the tail. Receive it. Jesus says I'm the resurrection and the life. Receive it. He says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead shall bring you back. Receive it. And when you receive the word, it is upon that reception of the word that you will begin to see manifestations. Amen? Now, here's the manifestation. We need eight people. I need four men. I got, I, got, I got eight. I got eight. I need four men and four women to come get your interest. Come on up. <laughs> now, now. Now come here to the middle. 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 I only need eight. I only need eight. I only need eight. Turn this, turn this way. Turn the other way. Turn the other way. I only need eight. I got one, two, three, four. I need four men and I need four women. I need four men. One, two, three, four. Nate, I need four women. Yeah, we're going to bless you anyway. I got four right here. Come on. And four women. Now, here's the deal. This is what I want you to know. I need four. I need four. I need one man to sit down. Now, here's the deal. Do I have four women? Do I have four men? All right, Joe, you got to sit. Okay. Y'all won. What she gets, you'll get. All right, now here's the deal. Now here's, one more got to sit down. Come on, one more got to sit down. John, you sit down, I'll give you yours. All right, we got you, we got you. Now watch this, no, no, listen, here's what I want y'all to understand. Oftentimes we don't move until we see something. Oftentimes we don't move, it's the same. That's why he says by faith you can get all of it. Faith is I move when I don't see it. Faith says I move when I don't see it. Faith says I build when I don't have it. Faith says I love even when I hurt. Faith says I discipline myself to pray even when I don't feel like praying. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we have eight envelopes. Now watch this. I want you to give my friend right here, just hold it out. Don't laugh at my handwriting. Give him the first envelope. It's his son. That's the entrust. Give the next envelope out. What envelope is that? That's the Holy Spirit. What's the third envelope? What's the, the word? This is the entrust. What's the fourth envelope? Come on, what's the fourth one? The kingdom. Watch this. Now let me stop right here. It is your father's, watch this. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Come on, give the next one out. Watch this. In the context, don't miss this, don't miss this, because this is what believers say all the time. In the context of a love relationship with God, he allows you to do something that you would love to do. In the context of loving his son, obeying the kingdom, relating to the Holy Spirit, he allows you to use your gifts and callings not only to do amazing work out in the world, but to also use those gifts to strengthen the church and advance the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? His gifts and callings are without repentance. That means he'll never recall them. That's why you can see people in the world using what he already gave them. They just don't and prosper. They just don't use it for him. And he says, without my father, I call it nothing. So what he says to the world, he says, that's nothing because they did it without me. Let's go here. What's that one? 
the world. Now watch this. He says, I'm sending you. That word sin, Pastor Bob, means apostolos. That means I'm sending you like an apostle, a fleet of ships into the world. That's why you can't do church and leave the world. Jesus says, I'm actually praying for those that would believe. Right now, Jesus is praying for everybody that is going to believe through her word. I've sent you into the world. We are the only ones that are authorized by God to go into the world. The Red Cross can't do it. Nobody else can go into the world but the citizens of the kingdom. So imagine we're waiting for other people to do it. He's saying, I gave that assignment to you to redeem the world. Give the, give the next one. And what's that one? The church. Now watch this. Just write this one word down. I know Elder Duckett is already right. This is the one another. Love one another. Care for one another. Be with one another. Fly to Atlanta before I pass away. He's saying that is the benefit of being in a church. And I put that in your intro. You cannot obey God and not be a part of a church. He intended for you to be a part of the local church because he says in Galatians, as you are good to all men, especially be good to those that are of the household of faith. That's the church. And then the last one is the Lord's prayer constantly. He said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth us into his harvest. Now watch this. In every one of those envelopes, it's money in there. It's money. Watch this. You didn't run. Joe jo jo said, I'm running up now. Watch this. It's money in there. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now this is what God does. This is what God does. Joe, come stand with Carlotta. Come on. Come stand with Carlotta. This is what God does. God, God works off of what he calls deposits. So Corinthians says he has given us a deposit of the Holy Spirit. So as he, this in here is a deposit. It's not the inheritance, it's a deposit. But as you are faithful with just a few things. Y'all got to go for the Super Bowl. As you are faithful for just a few things, what will I make you? Well, Minister Baldy, I will make you become, I'll make you a ruler over many things. Go home, pray, and open your deposit. And then you can say, God, I want the rest. Give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. Pastor Baba, give me my money back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Was God rich today? Did you learn something today? Come on, y'all. Did you learn something today? See, the more you know in your spirit, you can have a stronger stand against the enemy. The less you know, he takes advantage of you. But once you get this knowledge, he begins to, he begins to shift the whole direction of your life. Janine, I'm going to just release a quick prayer and then you'll do the altar call. Father, we, we thank you for your word. The same word that you said to Timothy. Oh, Timothy, I wish that you would lay hold of eternal life. Oh, Timothy, be conscious and guard and keep that which is committed to your trust. And so, Father, today we pray that every dimension that you've released, may it, may it stir up, may it bubble up, may the reality of that manifestation come to pass in their lives in the name of Jesus. May these eight dimensions begin to produce. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're in the building and you feel God moving on your heart, you have not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. You will not wait. You will run up here right now and let us know that you are ready to be accepted into the beloved. I want you to move 
forward now, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart, that you need to know more about this Jesus that you've heard us speak about. You need to come closer to him. You are not sure whether if you leave this earth today, you'll find your home in heaven. If that's you, I promise you this is a safe place. Don't walk out that door without coming and giving your life to God today. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. If you're on the live stream and you know you're saying, yes, Janine, that's me. That's me. Bow your head with me and say this prayer. Father, I believe that you, Jesus, came and died for my sins. Now I'm asking you to come into my heart. I want to give you my heart and I want to give you my life. Save me, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you want a church home, you're not sure where you should be, you haven't found a place that you have been able to call home, everybody say, welcome home. Welcome home. We welcome you to New Covenant Church of Philadelphia where you can make this Bible-believing church your home. If that's you, come on forward and we will make sure that you get into the right hands so that you can make New Covenant Church of Philadelphia, your home. Amen. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.